Welcome to the Francisca Show podcast on JewishCoffeeHouse.com, the show where I give a voice to Jewish issues, topics, and people. I'm Francisca Frady, your host. I hope you enjoyed both episodes last week and the six singles that came out over Hanukkah. I am very grateful to have had the opportunity to release all of that content and flush it out because Hanukkah was the perfect time. I felt like I had permission to share and I was able to connect a lot of the content to the times we're in. It does feel like we're living, I'm living in a double life where on one hand I am living normal life, raising my kids, trying to have normalcy and just your everyday life with them and be positive. On the other hand, as hopeful as we are, it's so depressing and devastating to see so much loss, so much pain, so much trauma. Just all that's happening, it's very paralyzed. I highly recommend you check out the other podcasts on the Jewish Coffeehouse Network. I've been listening and enjoying all the episodes on Orthodox Conundrum and Chochmat Nashim. Actually, their latest episode on Chochmat Nashim, they quoted our guest today. So if you listen to the shows across this network, you will see the overlap and how everything complements each other. There's also Intimate Judaism and Let My People Eat. This interview I did with Fanny, who is married to my cousin. We did it in person when she was visiting a few weeks back. And I want to remind you to send feedback. My guests ask me if there's feedback. And I know when I ask you, you usually do send feedback. So I appreciate it. So I'm reminding you that feedback is so appreciated. And it's so helpful both for myself and for my guests. So thank you for being you. And here we go. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show, Fanny Sukenik. Thank you. Excited to be here. Tell us who you are and what you do. So I'm a social activist. I work in Israel in the ultra-Orthodox Haredi community and in the general community in aspects connected to the uh, welfare, women, education system, and things like this in the Haredi Orthodox society and also in the general society. I am working in an organization called Chitufim in a collective impact initiative that's called uh, Drawing the Lines in Hebrew, Kavima Domim. This is a call impact initiative to prevent intimate partner violence, domestic violence in feminine in Israel. So I manage the partnership with the ultra-Orthodox society and the religious society and the business sector trying to prevent intimate partner violence. So this is what I do for my day job. Okay. But uh, also I'm a social activist, work within the Haredi society in wherever goes on to whatever needs, whatever comes to our, you know, to our door. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this important work, especially because it doesn't sound like too many people offer this kind of service and important work within the Haredi world in Israel? I think that uh, my parents says that when I was a child, it was always about being fair a fair world, justice, everything. It was very important to me. So I, I always spoke about this as a girl, as a teenager. It was important to me to look at the world and to see, to see the world with justice eyes. I took this passion to, to the places that I work in. 
So at the beginning, I was just a teacher, an English teacher, and then I became an education counselor. I learned for a psychology degree. And then I started working in areas that connected to welfare and things like this. And then I had my, I, I, I was married, of course, uh, very early because I from the Saudi society. And then I got divorced. My divorce process was very hard for me and uh, for my kids. And it took a long time. And then I founded uh, an organization to help separate and divorce women within the Haredi society. It was uh, 11 years ago. I started working in the NGO field in Israel and I built my Amutaf really from scratch from the beginning. And it did a lot of changes within the Haredi society and it became one very famous Amutaf in Israel. And from this point, you know, when you put on glasses that speaks about justice and activism, you cannot put them off. So I became familiar with many struggles in Israel, in the Israeli society. And some of them I am part of the struggles, and some of them I am just watching and learning and watching and thinking about it. So this is where I come to this point when I work on these kind of areas, because there is not a lot of Haredi area that works within this activism field. In the Haredi society, activism in Israel, I mean, being an activist is not something that you are very happy to do. And this is not something that people are being praised for. People would say, you're a hero, you're doing great things, but people don't like us as activists to criticize the, the, you know, the dark and the gray sides of the society. So they always said, how you're so brave, you're so courageous, but don't speak like this or don't say things like this. Why do you say things like this about the Haredi society? If you speak like this, if you work like this, you're not Haredi anymore. Because if you're Haredi, you're, you're not a feminist. If you're Haredi, you are not an activist. And then I said, whatever we do, we, the activist society within the Haredi world, is we're doing uh, from love because we, we love our community. We want it to be better. And one of the ways of bringing society to better places is to work within the society to change it. So this is what I do, I mean. Yes. And may I reference to your husband, Israel, we had him on after the Chaim Walder saga. We ended up taking down that episode. But one of the things he said was the way to create change within the Haredi system, you have to do it within. If you want to influence them, you have to stay within the system. And part of that was removing the episode because I, I don't even know why that makes sense. But if he wants to have credibility within the Haredi system as somebody in media, he has to talk their talk and walk their walk. So this is the, the places that me and Israel, my husband, are a little bit different in opinion. I mean, we both work about the same goals. We believe in the same ideals and ideas for the Haredi world. But I think that sometimes people needed to do some bigger steps in order that society would follow that someone should lead the steps. And he says that you need to go with the community, I mean, with the progress of the community. And I said, someone needs to lead it, otherwise the community won't go. So he said, okay, you would be the leading and I would follow with, with the community because otherwise it would have worked. There is a lot of discussion within the Haredi society should the changes within the Haredi society in Israel would be like evolution or revolution? 
I mean, evolution, it's going within the society, is going slowly. You need to have patience. You need to listen to everyone. You need to be very careful. And this is evolution. And revolution is, you know, making, making reforms, making changes, speaking out very loud, crying from outsides, making criticism on the society. So sometimes I think that in some areas you must be a little bit more revolutionist in order to make place, to, to give place for those evolution forces to work on. Otherwise, they wouldn't have any places. I mean, we don't break the walls. We just make them a little bit wider for other people to work in. Uh, so we need both sides. And when people ask me, so when is, how do you know when is, what is best to work with evolution forces, like slowly and gently and strategically, or maybe with revolution and voices and shouting out? I said that for me, the, the, what, what guides me in decision how to work is uh, the questions about human life. And when I mean human life, I mean not only about risking their, you know, their physical life, but also their emotional life. So for me, everything that people can be hurted emotionally because of society doesn't give a place to talk about things that's lead to have a reform on it. You shouldn't wait for evolution because it would take time and more people would, would get hurt. So this is, uh, this is the way I, che I check my things. I mean, if there is many other things that Sahrawadi society wants to progress in, I can wait. I mean, I can be impatient in many educational system changes, in, you know, other things changes. But when you think about lives of people, that's what I said, we will fight in any way. So in Heimwalder case, for example, I, I was part of a team of activists that to work in a very reform way in the Haredi society about it. I mean, we didn't wait for the Haredi society. You, you burned books publicly? No, we didn't. Generally, we were the group that make the discussion within the Haredi world. I mean, after he committed suicide, uh, the, the narrative within the Haredi society was, you see what you have done? You should never speak like this about person. This is Lashonara, and Lashonara kills. You know, don't speak Lashonara about anyone. This is the narrative that the Haredi society was speaking about Chaim while they committed suicide. And we know that the story is that he was predator and abuser, that, that we know, and we knew that those people who, who were hurt from him, and we, we understood how risky it is that this would be the narrative because many other people that got hurted from other people would stop talking about because Lashonara and he would committed suicide and they would carry on the blame that because of their talk, uh, people would die. So we, we just collected some uh, uh, activists together and we thought what we should do. And then we take an, an image that when on the internet. It was a, a, the, the very important, very famous Im, uh, image now. It was a small girl with a hand on her mouth, just cover her mouth, and it says, Lashonara lo with a question mark. I mean, this is not the way you should use the word Lashonara lo I mean, this is not Lashonara, and you should speak up. And this, we, we made the flyer, and we just put it in every Haredi, Neighborhood in Israel, Pashkevilim, like on the streets, in every Thoredi, uh, everywhere it was. And it was before Shabbat. And we put it on uh, the post 
on on their posters and we 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 just make a lot of noise about it and on the other side where a lot of evidence and things uh, questions and answers about Chaim Wilder's story and this was the first week now we we just fought back the narrative and then we saw how the narrative started to change and then even their website started to speak differently yes he committed suicide and yes you didn't you shouldn't speak the Shonara but there is another very important thing that you should know and the next week we also arranged another uh, huge flyers for kids especially for kids and we put it near schools and near Talmud Torah and it was in in their language in a way of Haredi language should understand because this story of Ayn Wilder was everywhere and we work very hard for about three uh, three weeks about this project and we fundraise money for this what was the language for the children the language was the children was when you sure not you are not supposed to keep a secret and what should you do when someone hurts you and whom should you go to speak and why it is not Lashonra because we were really afraid that the Haredi community would go backwards because of the story and the way they explained it to many other people. And we went to rabbis and we, we published uh, letters from the rabbi on big Pashka reels and we put them on the walls on Haredi neighborhood ne- next to shuls. Uh, it was hard work, but it worked because it changed the narrative. Nowadays, no one when you speak about Chaim Wilder in the Haredi society, no one except the very extremist, extremist uh, people would say that he was innocent, that Lashonara kills him. No one would say this. Everyone would say he was wrong and he did it to himself. This is what we wanted. But it was a hard work for us to do. And people would criticize us and would say, why, why are you doing this in this way? Why are you exposing our kids in this way? We didn't want you. Even, even my family didn't like the way we work. I mean, they criticize a lot, but I always said, you're most welcome to do better. This is an emergency campaign. We're working on, you know, how do we say it? In Hebrew, it's called Zman Tziot. I mean, this is the money time. We're working now. This is emergency. We're doing the best we can. If you think you can do better, you're most welcome to do this. And people worked afterwards. I mean, after we, we, we cleaned the areas, now all those evolution forces and evolution activists can go in and work and doing very carefully job with schools, with rabbis and everything. But this is the way society changes work. This is not only in Haredi society, it's in most conservative society. This is the way it works. Right. Someone needs to open the door. And who else was on this board? Uh, I don't know if they wanted me to tell all the names <laughs> because it was then it was, you know, behind stages. We were very quiet. We didn't want people to know who is working against. It was, uh, it was Prina Poifer, a friend of mine that she leads an organization called the Haredi Mamlachti organization in Israel. It was uh, Dr. Nahum Yafe, also Efat uh, Shukun. It was many friends of mine in Israel. This is a group. We know how to work together. And also in this war, we build things together. In this war. Before we move on to the war, in Bashar Talhi and domestic violence, what are some of the support things that you brought to the table or created? So when I founded Bashar Talhi, which is, it is taken from Megillah Ruth. When Ruth says to Naomi, El Asher Talhi Elech, Bashar Talini Alin, and everything else she says, I thought about an organization that would help the separate and divorced women within the Haredi and the Orthodox society in Israel. I thought that we, we 
me was one of them. I remarried really uh, afterwards. I'm, mar- I'm remarried for 10 years already now, Baruch Hashem. But then I felt that the Haredi uh, divorced women are very isolated and they are very afraid of, of uh, using their voice and speaking about what's wrong with their life just because they're afraid that people would tell them, okay, thanks everyone that you're part of the community and don't speak anything, don't criticize anything. And I felt that people need to understand and community need to understand that separate and divorced Haredi women have their needs and you're supposed to have them because we are helping widows and orphanage and divorced women and the kids many times need the same help and even more because they're struggling in a fight also. So I just wanted the community to, to look at those struggles to, in order to understand them. I believe that till then they, they were not mean to the divorced women and, and the single parents and uh, mothers just because they didn't want them to be part of the society. They were me, they, they, it felt like this because they didn't want to understand that. It's just, a, you know, those three monkeys, they cover their eyes, they cover their ears, they cover their mouth. Like, we don't know, we don't see. Uh, yeah, we, we don't want to know anything. So this was the, the story of the divorce people, women in, in the Haredi society. So we start raising the awareness what are separate and divorced mother feels and what do they deal with and we have groups and we got support and we support groups and we have weekends together and things like this and then it started changing the way the community speaks about the subject you know when you speak up loud and you use the newspaper and you use, use the media and this is not only me as a person i speak in the name of thousands of women over israel so it's make the difference at the end. So nowadays, hope I hopefully, and I think that I wouldn't be, I think that it's correct to say that the Haredi society uh, treats differently the divorce process and the divorce people, even the men. So that was the beginning. And when I deal with the subject, I understood that many women and men within the Haredi society divorced because of very extreme situation bad relationship because family is about above all in the Haredi world you know everything is about family it's more than couples it's family I mean you are staying in the family even when you don't you know it's not your dream uh, relationship you're staying and working it out very very carefully and very hard but when you get divorced it's uh, it means that something gets really wrong in in the situation at least in Israel, that's the way it works in the Haredi community. So I understood that there is a lot of there is a lot of pain in trying to rebuild yourself after being in an abused relationship, after being in domestic violence uh, relationship. So I tried to help all those women, and then I felt that I needed to do something even different in order to change the situation. I mean, in Israel, we work for many years in helping the survivors you know survivors of domestic violence and in israel all the all the all the sectors they put all the money and the effort in helping them to survive the women and their kids from domestic violence but 99 percent of the money went to help women after going through this domestic violence process after they were very bitten and very hurt, and it's a hard work to try to build yourself again. Only 1% was invested in prevention. 
So I wanted to change it. I want to work more on preventing relationship to go to the domestic violence side. I want to help men and women to identify really early in the, the early stages of relationship that something is going wrong and let's work on it now. Let's work on it at the beginning. Maybe fix it. Maybe you can work together. Maybe if you don't fix it, let's, let's go out. Let's step back from this relationship before it's going to be very hard for both of you. And we speak about this, about men, and we speak also about women, and we speak about the kids, but we are working in order to make everyone understand that if you want to change this problem in Israel and in the world, but we speak mainly in Israel, in any sector, you need to work very hard on prevention. So this is what I'm doing nowadays. I mean, I remember and I still work with a divorced women, but I'm trying to make it better from the prevention side. and. Hopefully, it would succeed because we work on education system. We work with the teens. We work with the young adults. We work with also not only the women. We work also with the men, because you know everyone works with the women. And we said, if you are in a bad relationship, let's move on, go away, step back, leave him, whatever you do. But you need to work with both sides, and you need also to work with what we call in Hebrew the bystanders. Because domestic violence is not only the problem of a couple, it's a problem of the environment. Many people see uh, signs, but they don't want to interrupt. They said, this is a matter of Shlombait, we don't want to speak about it. And they see the marks, but they said, this is not our story. This is their own story in their home. What we started... Yeah, Lashon Hara and Shlombai. The same idea. But it's also not in the sectors that believe in Lashon Hara. It's also in the secular world in Israel because the community in Israel, even the secular community in Israel, is, is very conservative about the family life. I mean, Shlombai is not only for ready subject. It's something we don't deal with the family. We don't speak up between couples. This is something very, very known and very uh, based in the Israeli culture. Family is important and we don't mess up with families. So we try to say uh, domestic violence is not only their problem, it is our problem. And we work to change this way that, that society think about the problem. And how do people know about your organ- organization? So I work with all the organizations. I manage partnership of all the organizations that work in the field w- within the religious and the Haredi uh, society. Yeah, the shelters, the Haredi shelter, the Haredi organization, the, the Haredi education system, Madrichot Kalot, Madrichet Chatanim, organizations that work with financial support to families. Everyone that had connection to the couples, to the families, is part of our initiative. And together, I learned from them, and we worked together and built projects on prevention. They work as separately in many other things that they do in, in their sector, in their goals, but we work together in these issues. For example, in the Haredi community, we are working now, we published a short notebook about the subject, and we're going to meet a specific rabbis in order the rabbis of the community to know what is meaning to be alimut mamishpacha, to, to have a domestic balance, and what is the, the leader's word. Creating a pamphlet for the rabbis. In order for them to understand, they would have the opportunity to help because they understand the meaning. They understand the meaning uh, and 
the influence that this have on their community and on the kids and whom they can speak to within the Haredi world about this. Because we know that in the Haredi world, when there is a problem of Shlombite problem, people are not going to the welfare officers, people are not going to the police. The neighbors would call the rabbi and they would say, we are very concerned about our neighbors. They're shouting all the time there. there is a, a, the babies are crying. Please let us, let us know what to do. And if the rabbi would know what to do, and if the rabbi would understand the meaning, maybe he could work to make a change, a, a bigger change than this specific case. So we work with them. And there is another project that we do with younger, young adults. This is about the Madrichot Kalot and Madrichei Chatanim. Now, every young men and women who are uh, engaged are going through some kind of guidance before they get married. So we want that in this guidance, they would speak about domestic violence signs and how you can work to prevent it. I think those, those two things are the most uh, main business right now within the Haredi world. With the secular world, we work on uh, bringing out public mind the new story about domestic violence, which means this is not only their story, this is our story, and this is what... And there is also, also a lot of work with the Arab society in their uh, critic points, and there is a lot of work with the secular society. So we are like... Uh, we are a collective impact initiative that work, plan together a lot of things, and many other organizations, about 200 organizations, are working to spread it out everywhere. Yeah, it's really interesting. So they say at a time of war, all the issues are amplified and domestic violence is one of those classic situations that get worse because everybody's in heightened stress. People may not be paying attention to things anymore. So things may slide, get forgotten about. The help won't be asked for at this time. So what can you tell us about that? Do you have more information? To be more accurate is at the beginning, uh, yeah, at the times of emergency and war, domestic violence is getting higher in levels, but people are, uh, people uh, reported less. I mean, the, the, it's, it's growing, but we wouldn't know about this because men had their own issues, women had their own issues, and women are supposed to uh, function in a different way in, in war, and men are supposed to function in different ways in war, and uh, it doesn't work together. So if your family, if a relationship was in a good place at the beginning, and you know how to fight, and you know how to argue, and you know how to, to make it better for your family again, so it would be harder for you at the time of emergency and war because of the stress and the trauma and everything. But you would manage, okay? It would be harder, but you would manage. But if you started, if you went to the emergency, uh, emergency period or the war period when you're in a bad shape, that's going to be a very hard and tough situation. So what we did is we collected all the biggest treatment organizations in all over the country that connected to the subject and together with the government and then the Ministry of the Welfare that it's in charge of this subject, we make an emergency campaign who calls not the men and the women that within this story and they think that they are alone in the story in the home. We call the bystander. We said, well, listen, this is a war time and people are less able to 
report about their own life and they don't have attention. But if you see your neighbor, if you see uh, in, if you're evacuated and you're in a hotel and you see something different going on in, in your next door friends of the hotel, if you see something going on with the kid, uh, your friend's kids, you should, no, you shouldn't report. We don't say even report because we know people are afraid to report. We should, we should, uh, we said, here are the numbers. Take the phone call and ask for help. Ask for advice. Just don't stay with this alone. If you see something that makes you suspicious that there is a domestic violence story within your friends or family, just call us and we will give you the information because that's the, the biggest step that people can do around the world. After the world, in the post-war world, Be'ezrat Hashem, we will have in Israel that we will have it soon, as it was in the post-COVID situation, then we would have a lot of a degree, how do I say, a yeah, a degree, you know, okay, we will have a lot of new uh, calls and, and new people who would ask for help because we know it's after the world, it's, it's, it's going, yeah. yeah, it's going to catch up a lot. Of, and we're, we should be prepared to this. Everyone in Israel should prepare. You recently gave a talk to Haredi women and you were talking about the changes in leadership and in the Haredi culture. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about what we see within the Haredi uh, society during this war and what are the differences between what was before the war, before 7th of October and now within the Haredi society. And is it showing us the, the first sign of a change within the connection between the Haredi society and all the other societies in Israel? Because you know that we didn't came to the 7th to October to, October to Israel from the, a blank, very nice life in Israel. Uh, there was a lot of fight and there was a lot of stress between the communities in Israel, between the secular community and between the ultra-Orthodox community in Israel. I mean, there was a lot of tense. There was a lot of protest from secular side uh, against the Haredi side. It was about the army, but not only the army. It was about the reform, but not only about the reform. I mean, everything was messed up and people were using the differences between the culture, between the Haredi and the secular world in order to, to provoke and to make things speak out more against the reform use the Haredi subject in order to, to make it, to make the people uh, angry and go out to the streets and to protest. And you're, we are against the reform and we're against the Haredi because the Haredi don't go to the army, the Haredi don't work enough, the Haredi don't do anything. So as much as I identify with some of those anti-reform goals, I didn't like that they were provoking, especially the Haredi community. Because it wasn't the story of the Haredi community. But this is the situation that, that we started the war in. Like very divided, a lot of misunderstanding between the groups in Israel. And then in the, in the war, something changes. Because, you know, we are Israelis, it's, it's like this. You know, we are the Jewish people, it's like this. Like we can fight. This is the, I think this is the meaning of being family, not only a nation. We can fight. We can hurt each other. We can protest against it, against each other, but when there is a crisis and someone needs our help, everyone, we, we step up everyone. So there was a big change because the Haredi community, I mean, did a lot of 
amazing stuff during these two months from the beginning of the war. Uh, the Haredi women, the Haredi men, the, some of the Haredi leadership, the new Haredi leadership also. And we have seen a lot of interesting movement within the Haredi society. Many people want to volunteer. Many Haredi men says we want to go to the army for the, we call it Shlavet, the second stage. Like we are married, we are older, but we wanted to be part of the army. We wanted to serve in everything that you want us to, to serve. And a lot of people from the Haredi world want to volunteer. Me, myself, and my friend founded an initiative that helped the breathing families with their funerals and their shiva and their shloshim. And I saw everything that's going on within the Haredi communities. And we had a discussion whether it says that it's going to be changed for, for better communication and better partnership in Israel between the societies or not. My thought about the thing is that there's an opportunity gap now. I mean, there's an opportunity window that can make those change happen, but this is an opportunity window. I don't know how to say it. No, th this is uh, something that's captured now. Now, and if you, if you wouldn't grab it and use it smartly and strategically, it would close. It would close very soon. Even nowadays in Israel, there are already campaign against the Haredi. I mean, during the war, at the, at the first week of the world, you wouldn't hear anything. But now, after two months, it started. Now, what it makes, what it makes us, uh, the Haredi people feel, oh, whatever we did, it would never be enough. So let's, let's go back and be what we was before. Like we will be isolated. We will be alone because they wanted us just as them. Exactly as them, and we are not going to change our values. We're not going to change our attitude. So why sh why bother at all? I mean, we already start seeing these things going on, and also the Haredi politics in Israel is working in a way that doesn't help. Doesn't help the Haredi community. Doesn't represent a lot of Haredi voices within the field. So it doesn't help because they during the war they fight for very important goals, but they're not smart. You should be smart. You shouldn't be only, you shouldn't be just tzodek velo chacham. How do I say it in English? You don't, you don't just want to be right. You yeah, exactly. Right. You need to be smart. And I think that our Haredi politics, most of them are not that smart. Sadly to say. Um, so if they wouldn't manage this time and wouldn't plan it, I think we're going to be back as the same place that we was even worse. Even worse. Even worse. So what are the opportunities for change? In this talk, my friend Teila Gado spoke about the new uh, Haredi leadership. There is a group within the Haredi society in Israel which called the New Haredi, Haredi Machadashim. I don't like the phases of the New Haredi, uh, although I am part of them because I believe that I'm not the new because my way of thinking about the, the life within, as a Haredi person within the state of Israel is very similar to the way my grandparents thought when they came to Israel. My grandparents act and thought and was part of the state exactly in the values that I believe. There was a turn in my parents' time. I mean, because then there was an, a, another party, another Haredi party that called Pagi Po'alei Agudat Israel. And then Pagi wasn't able to reach the number of the mandate in order to stay. So then it was only Agudat Israel. And then 
you became the political situation which if you're Haredi, you are only Agudat Israel or Degatora, you're only Gimel, right? And you don't have any other opportunities. So the new Haredi have no part yet. They, they start building and arranging themselves in communities. And there are some rabbinical leadership who leads them the way. I mean, we're Haredi. We need rabbis. We need leaders. We need spiritual re- leaders. Although I would say that the new Haredi community is also very connected to the field and very connected to the activism and very connected to the, you know, the ground leaders, but they need also the spiritual leaders. And we are looking for someone. We are looking for some leaders who would show us the way, who would guide us, who would, we would, we would, we could tell our kids, you see this rabbi? You see how he talk? This is the way we believe. This is our hashkafa. We need our hashkafa. You haven't found a representative. So there is a, an interesting research that Tehila did that shows some figures that can, can be. And she talked about their active activism, about what they did and how they speak during the war and even a little bit before the war, during the, the protest and the reform in Israel. And she said, this is the, the spiritual leadership of the new Haredi. This is the way it works and this is the way it develops. I think that there is progress within the spiritual leadership in Haredi society. But my criticism on this process was that they, even in this new Haredi movement, they leave the women outside. As a feminist Haredi woman, I wouldn't agree that a new Haredi society would again send the, the, the women to the kitchen or to be a okay, behind the scene. They would work and would be very good talented and would manage behind the scene and wouldn't be shown. And that was my criticism about the n- new movement. Now, what they say, they said that if we would put women in our uh, new uh, community as, as, uh, and as a manager, as a representative, people wouldn't follow us. The Haredi wouldn't follow us. And what I said, the Haredi people you want to reach are exactly the same as me and you that they work with women, they appreciate a talented and a women that can work with, they know that there is no halachadic problem with putting women as representative and they wouldn't mind. So if this is your community, why do you act like very conservative community in the area that connected to women? This is what I always said, that what our communities would raise and make themselves feel more firm or less firm is where do they place the women? If they place the women in a very uh, sneered place, you know, in a very firm place, they would say, I'm very ready. But if they would put a woman in more open places, they would give them more opportunity that would give their people an opportunity to say, oh, they're not ready anymore. It's, it's like niar lakmus. It's, it's like the, it's the defining line. The defining line. Do you have women representative in your new party, in your new community, or do you have only rabbis? Do you have only men, or do you have men and women in your community? Where are the women? Are they behind the scene? They are managing everything behind the scene, or they're also in our faces? In other way, do you have someone that represents the women there? And this is my criticism. My understanding is that it's always as a feminist, Okay, now that my feminist identity shows out as a feminist, it's always the matter of dividing your force. 
I mean, if you divide your force between only men, and if you needed to divide it between men and women, you would, your share would be smaller, right? So it's always better to divide it only with men. You would get more. If you should divide it with, with women, maybe you would have less because there are women who would take your place. So in every culture, no matter if it's very conservative or it's very open-minded, women would have to fight for the places. That's what I said in this Zoom. I said that we would have to fight. We would have to fight the conservative and their conservative excuses, the conservative Haredi excuses. This is not halafa. This is not this. This is not that. And we would have to fight the new Haredi uh, excuses that would say uh, we wouldn't reach. People would say that we're not Haredi anymore. If we, 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 no one would get us as a women our places in the table if we would ask nicely. We will have to fight for this. And I know many women who are ready to fight. We don't have choice. I mean, it almost sounds like Israel trying to fight. I think women, when you want to be part of the table, of the decision-making table, you need to, as a woman, you need to fight your, be- your way there. doesn't matter in any, in any aspect in Israel. I mean, you should see our government now. You should see our cabinet now. On our cabinet, there is no women. On our government, there is less women than was like ages. Not on the Haredi, not only the Haredi. In the Haredi parties, there is no women at all. But in, in, even in the secular parties, even in the, like there's less women. And this is something that influence. Uh, it's not only put on women. It's, I, I'm not that idealistic. I said, uh, I don't care. She, she's a woman. She should be there. When you have women around the table, all your decision making is different. If you have another point of view, you listen to another ideas and something is changing in the area and in the way people think when they have a lot of new points of view. And if you want to know more about it, you should, you know what's going on with Israel now with the female soldiers at Spitaniot. Have you seen? There's a lot of talk now in, in Israel about the way that, uh, that Spitaniot who sits on the border and watch everything going on, the observer. Most of them are women. And they said that they saw everything that's going on. And they keep telling it to their commanders. And they keep telling it to everyone that was ready to hear them. But people would tell them, your, your job is just to be the eyes. And don't overthink about it. I mean, just report. Don't think. Don't say anything because this is not your job. And no one listened to them. And they saw everything. They saw the, the terrorists, whatever they did in the 7th of October, they saw him practicing this from the, behind the border. They saw how they plan kidnapping people. They saw how they plan breaking the, the fence. They saw how they plan going through the, those issue of him. And they were, they knew that something is going on. And even some days before they knew and they report and no one listened. So other people, you should ask if they wouldn't be a women observer, would someone take them more seriously? We would never know now, okay? Because many of them pay the price in their life. They killed most of the observer soldiers that was in Nahalos. This is, this is really sad. It cost us human life but it cost us also with our you know our pride our our army pride like we know the best 
we know the best. And those observers, it should be the eyes. Look, right? Don't say anything about it. And those observers are very frustrated. They're crying. They're saying, we tried our best to tell everyone what we knew and what we see. No one would listen. Yeah. So about feminism in Israel, okay? It's very related. It almost feels silly to move on to the topic of religious leadership and Tetya and some of the work you do. We've mentioned it before in the podcast with Dr. Nahomi. Can you tell us what it's doing? So I, I, I can speak only, I'm not working on Tatya and uh, I'm a very close friend to Dr. Nahomi Yafa, but I, I'm not working with her. So I work with her on the Hamal on the volunteer project of the Haredi community during the war. So there I worked with her in our initiative to bring volunteers from the Haredi and non-Haredi volunteers to the funeral and to the shivat, and we raised money to give to the families. But from observing what's happening and your, your critical eye in terms of how things operate, what's your opinion? I say that the Haredi community wanted, wants very much to be part of the Israeli society. They feel that they needed to take, to be part and to work and to do something. They don't know exactly how. So they phoned and said, I want to, I want to volunteer, okay? In what I want to have babysitting to the, the kids of uh, the soldiers. I want to make food for the soldiers. I want to go to Miluim. I want to help with the agriculture. I, I, what, whatever you tell me what to do, I want to volunteer. That's what, what thousands and thousands of, of, of uh, conversations that we have in the Hamad. And we start managing them in order to understand what they need, what the, the state needs right now, what the agriculture needs, what everyone needs. But we see the differences because the rabbis and their way of thinking is that they would sit and learn and they would keep Limud Torah, and this is the best contribute that they can have. The other groups, the Haredi uh, women, the Haredi men that are not sitting and learning, and the Haredi girls are groups that wanted to do more, want and can do more. And they're doing, they're doing their best in many aspects. I mean, there was no a period like this in, in, in uh, the Haredi society that so many people wanted to take part in everywhere they can. I mean, one day, you know, I'm, I'm not an example, but one day at the early weeks of the, the war, I woke up very early and then I made food for a group of 30 soldiers. I made food and I prepared it to send it with another volunteer who went to this basis. And then afterwards, I went to MADA, Magen David Adom, for blood donation. That. And then afterwards, I went to the Samal to build the project of going to the funerals and the Shiva. I mean, I, from the beginning of my day, from my, my food, my blood and my brain, I mean, I, I used everything that I had because I felt that I wanted to do something. But I, I think that this is not only me. The feeling is that we want and we can be part. But how? We don't exactly know. So we needed someone to help us to understand. And we needed also the secular world in Israel to understand that they wouldn't get it all. Okay. We're not going, the Haredi society is not going to change 180 degrees. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a game of zero one. 
I mean, you wouldn't get the Haredic people, all of the Haredic people, to be exactly as the uh, as the secular people. There is a lot of uh, gap between wanting wanting all the Haredi uh, boys to go to the army, and between talking about participation and doing part and how this part is going to be. And everyone who is going to this game of zero or one wouldn't succeed in anything. If you're ready to speak about the opportunities that we have in, in, in the gray, not the black and the white, I know that people who want other Haredi boys to go to the army, well, I cannot speak with them because this is not realistic. This is not going to be happening now, okay? In this point of time, this is not going to be. And you would force them, you wouldn't succeed. The army doesn't know how to work with so many soldiers. I don't believe that he really needs them right now. So this is something that people would say, but don't exactly understand how to work with this statement. But if you said, we want the Haredi society to be more part of the Israeli society, to contribute more in financial, to contribute more in education, to contribute more in the safe security and, and, and the army. Okay, so let's, let's see your suggestion and let's bring our suggestion and let's sit together and to see how do we work on this process in a way that the Haredi society wouldn't feel threatened from inside. We had a, a bad experience from what we call the Nimudei Ba experience. You know that there is an interesting research about the subject. Nimudei Ba is basically math and English and science studies, okay? General, General studies, Nimudei Ba in Hebrew. Now, the Haredi boys don't learn general studies, most of them. If they learn, they learn it very low level. But when people started, when secular world started attacking the Haredi world about Limudei Liba, the Haredi community just crawled in and didn't listen anymore. So nowadays, if you wanted to make Haredi person very angry and wouldn't listen to you, you, ju- you just tell him, why don't you learn, Limu- why don't you teach your kids Limudei Liba? No, they won't listen anymore. They, you, they heard Limudei Liba. Bye. We, we have no conversation with you. We are not going to teach Liba. Why? Liba is the devil. I mean, this is the way the Haredi world, the community, sees the, the statement Limudei Liba. Now, if you would ask the Haredi people, the same people who said we would never teach our kids Limudei Liba, if you would ask them, do you want to teach your kids English, your boys English, 80% of them would say yes. We want to teach our kids English. We understand that English is a language that they needed to know. If we would ask them, do you want your kids to know math? Most of them would say, yes, we want our boys to know math. So how does it going on? I mean, they would say no to Limudei Liba, to general studies, but yes to English and English and yes to math. And this is because the way people try to make the change. They would come and say, you must teach your, your kids Limudei Liba because we, the authority, says that you must. So it didn't work and it wouldn't work. And it make the reaction and the resistance is so much stronger. But if you work from within, okay, and then you said, well, listen, English is important. Math is important. There are an opportunity to give this to your boys. Late hours on the Matnasim in many ways then they would listen to you, okay? It wouldn't be perfect. It wouldn't be 100%, but it would be better than 
yeah, better than just making it an argument between the Haredi and the secular politician. So exactly the same way in our point of view. It is going to be around the army. It is going to be around the Dat Medina, state and religious in Israel. All those arguments, if they would be something that politicians are working and shouting at each other in order to make their communities to feel that they represent them well, we wouldn't get anything. But if you would come to people who right. wants to do, Stop. yeah, exactly, right. wants to do things and have an ideas and work with the fields with the secular world and with the Haredi world, maybe it would make any change, hopefully. But we need to have a change. We must have a change. It cannot go on the way it was till now because we see in what it, it brings us. And speaking about the state and the religious situation, and I speak about the economic, financial prediction for Israel, everyone understands that there is to be a change. Now, who is going to make the change and how much the change is going to be? I, I don't know. It's so dependent on the people. Everyone needs to do his own sharing. When we've been talking about the different societies in Israel, you've been talking about Haredi and secular. But there you have all the Datilumi, Mizrahi, you have the whole middle. How do you align yourselves together with them to be more effective politically? I know there's so much separation. There's so many parties. And I think that <laughs> that's interesting because the Tilumi communities now are being attacked by the, some of the secular communities because they were pro-reform. Uh, pro okay? So they would put the Tilumi and the Haredi together. They would say, Hadatim v'hacharedim together because they were uh, pro-reform. Nowadays, the Tilumi is with the secular in the army, and the Haredi are not in the army. And nowadays, we start hearing the Tilumi people said to the Haredi people, you're, you're not part of uh, the, the war, you're not, your kids are not dying in the war, and this is not the way it should be. So communities in Israel, it's like moving from situation to situation. I mean... They can be identified with, with the Haredi in different aspects and they can be against the Haredi Ashkafa in different. The, the, the Tilomi is within between. Now, I know that the, the Tilomi, some of them are very close to the Haredi, which is called Khardali, okay? which is basically the Tilomi who became more from. And there is the Tilomi who is very light. And this is, this is more uh, close with the idea, with the liberal ideas to the secular world. So that's the way, uh, the, the, that's the spectrum, but this go and the, the, what we had, Mafdal, the Tilumi, like years ago, it's a small group today. And it's also starting to look for her, her voice. Maybe there should be, uh, that's what also we talk, maybe the Nukhawedi with the, the Tilumi. Uh, like the, the basic, the Tilumi can work together in order to make things because they agree in many things. They agree with um, a lot of their values are aligned. The women thing is going to be deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully the women within the New Haredi uh, communities would fight and would succeed in the fight to find the place. I, I am sure that the, the question is if it would happen this year or in five years or in 10 years. Do you have aspirations to be? in leadership? Well, in many people ask me about this. I believe that Haredi women should be there. 
Okay. Which one? I don't know. Everyone, every woman who is qualified and can serve her community and all the communities in Israel from the Knesset should be there. If I would get an opportunity to be there, I wouldn't say no, but this is not my goal. I mean, I mean, I didn't put it as a goal to be there. This is another way to influence about what's going on in Israel, another way, between the ways. If I would have the opportunity, I, I'm not think, I don't think that I would say no, but the opportunity should be very clear and, and very on the table because otherwise the risks for me as a Haredi woman to go campaigning, for example, on the way, I, I am risking a lot more than any other women in Israel because if it succeeds, great. It, did, uh, it works and we can do many things that I wanted in order to change. But if it doesn't succeed, Again, uh, I would pay the prices for nothing. So this is not something that I'm... When you say pay the price, what does that mean? You should look for your children getting into schools, just reputation-wise? It's, it's reputation. It's another opportunity for many people to say, oh, she is not already. Okay, because she is doing this. It's the cost of my kids. I mean, some of them are in very firm schools and even they wouldn't put them away just because their mother is crazy. I mean, that's what they said to them, but they, they wouldn't send them away. But the feeling to be an outcast, mm-hmm. your mother is different. Your mother is doing, and this is only, this is not only my story. I, I speak it on myself, but this is a story of every Haredi woman who is doing things that can provoke the conservative forces within the society. People would fight. Those forces would fight and they would use whatever they had. So I think that maybe, but I wouldn't say that this is my target. And could you talk about your personal identity in terms of being a Haredi feminist? How did you accept that identity? What did you have to fight with? And do you still have to fight with that? I, I think that when you live with some identities, as I have, I mean, I am a Jewish, okay? I am a woman, I am a mother. I am an Israeli, I am, you know, social activist, many other identities. You, you, when you decided, when you choose to have all those identities, you, you choose to live in, com- in complexity. Like, you need to choose every day and every hour. Nothing is, is very clear for you in your way of life. I mean, when you hear something in the news and you need to think about it, you need to choose your way. You need to, okay, so if I'm ready, this is the way, but I'm feminist, so this is the way. So how can I make it happen together and then to make a lot of compromise? But I don't call it compl- compromise in a bad way. I said that this is complexity. Living in a complexity, it's, it's, it's a way of life. It's a way of life that said that we can have some identities and, and, and we can we can work on them together, but it's, it's a life work. I mean, it's not that I can say, well, I am feminist by everything. I would, I would look in everything as a feminist because I'm also a, a Jewish and the feminism and the Judaism not always go together the way I wanted to go. Which and is, then, so I do want to ask, what is a Haredi feminist? What are the issues? At the beginning, I would start that my feminism at the beginning started as a secular feminism. I mean, the women, in Israel, as every woman in the world, needs to, to be equal 
in the right, according to the law. I mean, shivyon zchuyot. Shivyon bezchuyot. Equal rights at work, equal rights at home, equal rights voting. at voting. This is what I call secular feminism. I mean, that's, that's the way it started. Then I understood also that we needed to have some more work with the religious feminism. I mean, because if within the Haredi society, uh, the leadership is based on spiritual leadership and about religious leadership, this cannot be a way. There's, the not, there's no way that the women wouldn't be there also. Now, we had a lot of gap to go through because Haredi women are not learning enough in Gemara and Talmud and the, the, the holy, you know, the other education system is not based on the spiritual Limudah Kodesh. So we, we are far away in this area. But I think that there are initiatives that start to work on it. More and more Haredi women start to learn more Mitzvot uh, Kodesh. I mean, they would learn, some of them would learn Gemara, some of them would learn Tanakh, some of them would go to Shurim. I mean, it started to change it because we started understanding that our feminine our feminism shouldn't be only secular feminism. In order to influence within the Haredi society, we needed to speak Haredish. Okay. And if you wanted to speak Haredish, you need to understand what are you dealing with and we never had to deal with before. So we need to understand the language, we need to understand the Midrashim, we need to understand the laws, and then we need to work following the the environment rules. So this is a, a way of life that had a lot of complex complexion on it, but it makes me feel, uh, well, I don't know, I, I feel more whole when I'm living this way because I don't feel that I can give back one of my identity. I, because it would be easier to everyone. I mean, my feminist friend would tell me that I'm not, that I cannot be, uh, my secular feminist would say, how can you call us a feminist? You're wearing a shadow. This is not feminist. You cover your hair because you're married. Is what is how this works for you as a feminist. Okay. So you cannot call yourself feminist if you're already. It would be easier for them to consider me as a feminist if I would, if I didn't wear shadow. Now, my already friends, yes, would say, my already friends and relatives would say, um, if you are already, if, if you're a feminist, if you call yourself feminist, you're not already. Uh, we don't understand if you said that women equal to men in, even in rights and they're supposed to be Haredi women representative in the Knesset. This is against the Haredi community. So you're a nice human being. You keep to have a mitzvot, but don't call yourself Haredi. It would be easier for them if I would say, I'm not Haredi anymore. I mean, but for me, I don't want to, to, to give back any of my identities. So I challenge them i challenge them but mainly i challenge myself all the time if you want easy life don't be feminist already <laughs> if you want easy life but if you wanted to make progress and to feel that you influence you, you should do what you should do i mean this is to work on this uh, area i'm happy that i'm not doing it alone i mean i have friends also that dealing with the same areas and they're doing Tremendous work on this in Israel. We have WhatsApp group. We have meetings. We, we share our success. We share our frustration. And, you know, we, we understand that this is a long way, 
בפרקי אבות כתוב לא עליך המלאכה לגמור ואין אתה בן חורין להיפטר ממנה. We know that we wouldn't finish but this is not said that we shouldn't work on it. If I may say it seems like Israel not enjoys but he appreciates this part of you that you, you live in the struggle and I don't know what his opinions are. My husband is uh, more conservative than I am but he, he is he appreciated my work and my ideas and whatever I do um, you know it's it's not easy to to be with a family with a feminist ideologist activist men or women we had our opinions we had our ideas we, we wanted to do things we wanted to do you know I I, I am not the, you know a very quiet and uh, nice person women that bake cakes in, right. in the kitchen. Your cakes are very good. I ate your food. It's very good. <laughs> That's not your... Well, I don't know. Living with a person that have an opinion and willing to spread them out and to speak about them is challenging because, you know, sometimes you agree with them and sometimes you don't agree with them. Things that Israel is... is Although he's more conservative than me, he's appreciated the conversation, appreciated the dialogues. When we need to decide it, you know, when something needs to, to be decided between us as a family, like which school we should send our daughter, how do we act in specific areas, then we speak as a family. We, we make a compromise, we compromise as a family, but every family would have to compromise. So marriage is, is work for everyone, but ho- I, I'm really thankful that he support whatever I did. I mean, when I married him, it was, I already was an activist and I already ran an NGO. And I told him, well, listen, you married a mother of three kids and I'm uh, tough. You should understand. You, you should understand that this is part of me. My activism is part of me. I have an NGO. I am a mother, I have kids and an NGO, and this is the whole me. Yeah, do you want this? I said, yes, so this is gone. He said that he didn't mean that it would grow, but, you know, no one can uh, take uh, advantages before then. I so appreciate this conversation, Vini. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you for listening till the end. I hope you appreciated this conversation. Please do reach out with your feedback and comments. Also, check out the episodes from the last few weeks. And every guest deserves to be heard, even if they were cramped into one week. Keep praying, be safe, be kind, and see you next time.